You're listening to Ink Speak, where storytelling and poetry meet the wonder and magic of living. I'm your captain, author, poet, and unearther of life, Maverick Malone. From That Time in Lincoln City, written by Yoda Olenek. That time I crossed the road to stand beside her. That time she became a horse whisperer. That time we breathed in the whole Pacific Ocean. That time she warmed a whole state with her exhale. That time none of us freaked out. That time we bonded over brownies in an abandoned parking lot. That time we tried again. That time she said, I've got this, you go rest. That time she said she was scared and I said, me too. That time we watched the sunset and wrote 14 different poems about it. That time she was brave. That time she wasn't brave. That time we all had a different word for the color of moss. That time I became a fern. That time we hugged trees and let them change us. That time we pushed a little harder. That time our sweat tasted the same. That time we perched on God's thumb. That time we went home. That time I taught her a word in my mother tongue. That time she told me about her mother's tongue. That time she saw me see her. That time she watched me worship. Sky, tree, self. That time we fucked up the recipe and it turned out okay. That time we laughed harder than we said we would. That time my poem thunderstruck an entire room of poets. That time I sobbed in the linen closet. That time it was really hard. That time she asked, how can I support you? That time I slept solid. That time she swam into the waves of her old self and became someone new. That time I went to the beach alone. That time I went to the beach and wasn't alone. That time we cried the tide away. That time she told me her whole story without flinching. That time she made it right. That time she made me right. That time she tried harder. That time she loved. Hello, I'm back with another riveting yet sporadic episode for you all. As you've probably noticed, there can be gaps between episodes because it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. I admire people that can do this consistently and maybe one day I'll get there. But between motherhood, my day job and the myriad of other projects I've got running in the background, life can be chaotic. It can be challenging to find time to not only sit down and compose a whole episode, but to then edit, record, and produce it. I've also started a Substack recently as another landing place for my work, a hub for the many things I write besides poetry. Instagram has been pushing my buttons lately, and as a very prolific writer, uh, Instagram just isn't the best place for what I do, hence, you know, what brought me here. But my posts are lengthy and often not conducive to the quickly consumed content of that platform, but I'll still be there sharing bits and pieces I'm in the midst of revamping what that space is going to become. And I've also been traveling lately, which is what I want to share today. If you've listened to my latest episode, you heard me talk about something called Super Bloom Society, this business endeavor I'm starting with two other powerhouse women. 
and it's a container for building community centered around writing. So we're going to have writing workshops and retreats in the future. And I actually just got back from the Pacific Coast retreat we just held. And these are nature and nurture themed retreats. So it's a blend of community, poetry and writing workshops and hiking and lots of outdoor activities. But you don't have to be a writer to attend. You just have to be willing to explore that creative expression through the lens of writing and poetry. They're a great place to meet other like-minded people, mainly women and those who identify as women, and to be in a space that feels safe to explore your authentic self. So if you want to join that community, please feel free to check us out on Instagram at superbloomsociety or sign up for our upcoming writing workshops over at superbloomsociety.com. On October 15th, we have a workshop exploring the archetype of the witch. In October 23rd, we'll have one on the theme of rewilding and exploring authenticity through that topic. So as part of that, I got to spend four days in Lincoln City, Oregon, which is about two hours outside of Portland. Then Danielle and I continued on our adventure on our road trip south down the Pacific Coast Highway. So I spent a total of 11 days out there which is the longest I've ever traveled in one fell swoop. I love traveling and I have such a passion for it, a hunger for new experiences, people and places, but wow, it can be tiring to travel that long. I love the idea of living nomadically, of bouncing from place to place, of getting to experience so many different things, but it's nice to have a home base. It's nice to come back to where I've planted my roots, for now anyway, and recharge because at the end of that trip, Danielle and I were both ready to sleep in our own beds and also to each see our kids. It's nice to get away from the confinement of motherhood at times and to take that space for just ourselves. It's needed. It helps us to not only recharge our batteries and reconnect with our passions and purpose, but it also gives us renewed meaning in the absence of those we love most. And being away from our children and loved ones, we grow to appreciate and miss them even more. And it makes the homecoming exciting. So let's talk about Oregon. I'm going to be sharing some more of these trip notes on my Substack, which I'm calling Junk Drawer. And you can find that over at maverickmalone.substack.com. Over there, you can also get some pretty amazing visuals. So if you want to not only hear about that experience, but also see exactly what I saw, towering redwoods, sweeping coastlines, and some incredibly violent and awe-inspiring thrashing water, check out the articles I'll be posting over there. I also have several of these clips up on a story highlight on my Instagram, at Matt Malone, as well as the Superbloom one, at Superbloom Society. Okay, enough housekeeping. Let's start first with the retreat. It's for women only, or like I mentioned, those who identify as women. And essentially, it's a bunch of poetry and nature-loving strangers who've never met convening in a house for a long weekend. And the people that came this year were nothing short of amazing And I loved getting to hear each person's story, their why for coming, and also to just experience that community and connection that happens when you bring like-minded people together. The poem I opened this episode with was actually written by one of the women on the retreat, Yoda Olenek, and you can find more of her work on Instagram at doula of words. And I will have her link as well as all these other links in the show notes, which is going to be easier than trying to write it down as I'm speaking it. I wanted to share her poem specifically because it's written about the women on the retreat, about her her experiences specifically, and I thought it was just such a beautifully raw and honest piece of writing. 
As I grow on this platform, that's something I'm passionate about, sharing others' work and amplifying those voices, hopefully directing and exposing you to other writers you might not know about otherwise. But who wouldn't be inspired in a place like Oregon with an experience like that? The Oregon coast is absolutely breathtaking, so having the chance to wake up each morning to sweeping ocean views, to write poetry and musings on a foggy beach, and to break bread with fellow writers fueled me with such inspiration. I wrote so much on that trip, but that's just what travel does to me. It stirs the pot, and all of those thoughts, revelations, and poems come bubbling to the top, often between the hours of 1 and 4 a.m., but hey, I don't control the muse. The first day there was a bit hectic due to some unforeseen circumstances we encountered just trying to get to the retreat space. I met up with the other facilitators and two retreat goers, including Yoda, at the airport, and we all piled into the rental car a day before everyone else arrived in order to set up camp. But the car we rented had a key fob. So a car with like a push start button, which none of us had driven before. And at some point, we lost the key fob and didn't realize it until we'd made it over an hour to our final destination and come to find out at a gas station in the middle of nowhere that we'd been driving the whole time without the key, which was bizarre to all of us. How does a car just keep going without a key? I guess we never noticed whatever warning may have been quietly trying to grab our attention, but really there needs to be some sort of jarring alarm going off if that happens, like 911 kind of alarm. But we did get to pet some majestic horses while we waited for the shuttle bus to come pick us up and had to have a second car towed to us later that night. But all's well that ends well. We finally made it to the house just in time to crash into bed, only to wake up a few hours later into my sleep cycle with probably the most powerful poem I've ever written. Though I feel more inclined to say channeled because the 3 a.m. poem was written so fluidly and viscerally that I can only describe it as such an instantaneous message straight from the collective consciousness of centuries of women's oppression. And this is called, Not All Men, But Too Many. A woman knows the world by her hunger. I wander the beach, carving my face from the cliffs thinking of this, as I heave violently into the ocean, spewing centuries and expelling generations faster than my stomach can empty. Mention to a man you once fought Moby Dick, and he will say it was Kraken. He harpooned it. Tell a man your experience, and he will fell it for you, cutting your wilderness into twigs. You were not there. Call your thirst forth from the well, and he will fetch it for you. Drawing the dregs of yourself up from the bottom, you drank first. Summon the taste of apple, and he will pluck it for you, describing in great detail the sight, the smell, the shade, how sweet it was, how the juice dribbled down his chin, how you enjoyed it. He will tell you everything wrong with it through the smiles stuck to his teeth, and he will tell you so many times the world begins to believe it. And that same world will slice your story so many times, serve it ad nauseum, until one day you either choke or choose to never again swallow another bite. I mean, okay, yeah, wow. <laughs> what a way to kick off my weekend. I knew I'd be writing many things on that trip, but that poem especially kind of set the precedent. And I absolutely read it during the first poetry workshop the next day, which was all about the many things we deny ourselves. And I feel like that could be a whole episode on its own. The next couple of days unfolded with a loose structure. 
which is what I love most about our retreats. We leave space for you to do what you want and use your time how you please. We provide all the meals and food you need. And wow, there was some amazing food. You will not go hungry on these retreats. Yoda actually prepared most of the meals for us because she's also a trained chef. And outside of the scheduled poetry workshops and nature hikes, which you can decide to attend or not, you can fill your time however you'd like, exploring the town, spending hours on the beach, sitting in the beautiful space, writing, reading, or just connecting with others there. The first hike we did was one out to a location called God's Thumb, which is this incredible cliff overlooking the Pacific Ocean. It's exactly what it sounds like, but you need to see it to really get an idea of what it is, so please Google it. Just pause this, take a minute, and go Google it, and you'll see what I mean. If you're planning a trip to Lincoln City, definitely put it on your sightseeing list. The hike itself was strenuous, but definitely doable. Just plan for several hours and pack a lunch and lots of snacks. The final climb up to the actual God's Thumb cliff was very steep, and at one point, I was briefly on my hands and knees trying to crawl up there, and we later saw an entire family with the dad toting an infant in a hiker backpack, completely like mountain goading it up the side of this cliff that put us all to shame. But hey, we made it, and it was so worth it. It was a great spot to meditate and really take in the natural beauty. Highly recommend. My favorite part of the retreat, though, was by far the last night, which was a round-robin-style open mic for those who wanted to share anything they wanted. I absolutely loved hearing words and poems spoken from the other women, and I loved that it was open-ended. There was no theme, no rules. We could share whatever we wanted. And for me, that's priceless. Having a designated space, a safe space, in which there are eager and attentive ears. For someone like me, who so often has felt ignored, invisible, unseen, and disregarded, being listened to is a very special thing for me. Of being gifted someone else's time and attention to hear what I have to say and express. That's what I love most about creative spaces like that. It comes packaged with a kind of sacredness. So many tears were shed that weekend, so many stories shared, so many connections, hopefully lifelong ones, were made, and also many, many puzzles were completed, metaphorically, but also literally. Some of us found a new love for a thousand piece puzzles. There was a Pokemon one, just saying. And after the retreat, Danielle and I packed up our things and we headed south down the coast to continue our trip. We didn't have any sort of set agenda beyond wanting to see the redwoods in California and having booked our Airbnbs along the way, but this is how Danielle and I love to travel, which is why we work so well together. Like that song, we hold on loosely. We don't curate the experience. We let the experiences find us. We hear about things and add them to the docket. We stop and ask locals for the best places to eat and go there. We pull over on the side of the road to hike a random trail, cry at the sky, and fall into the folklore of the forest. We let things unfold unexpectedly and let the chips fall where they may. Some noteworthy stops along our trip were Devil's Churn and Thor's Well, which are basically what they sound like some more Google-worthy places. Picture violent churning waters and thrashing waves cresting and crashing over cliffs. Both of these places inspired a poem I wrote about, surprise, no one's surprised, the female experience. Because this forceful thrash of water instantly reminded both me and Danielle of this internalized emotional world of so many women, myself included. And so I aptly titled this one, Devil's Churn. Going down the Pacific Coast Highway, my friend and I stop at Devil's Churn to watch the violent thrash of water 
heave and hurl itself onto the knife points of thousands of rocks, and we watch in shock and awe at the same crime scene we've seen too often, drawing comparisons as we sketch our lives between us, there, at the alcove where we convene for all that we are, our solidarity worn smooth. A woman is a devilish chasm agape on the coast in a savage swell of churning brackish sea. A woman is a storm-bitten gulf house on the stilts in a hurricane. A woman is ripening deadly nightshade masquerading as an unassuming delicate blueberry. A woman is an orphaned she-wolf raised in a pack of callow man-cubs. A woman is an overprescribed drug taken saying nothing happened when everything happened. I've dangled on the edge of this shared experience and I've rounded the cliffs of woman where the sea spit back at me, seethed every second in a whirlpool of violent rage at the same time she was sobbing, her grief forced into too small a hole until it came shooting out the top. My friend makes the correlation of the sea as a mistress everyone tries to tame, to soften her mystery and stuff it into shells, to forsake her entirety only for her treasures, to turn so much agitation into pearls as if all she's good for is concealing herself and making beautiful things for others to take. But I knew it the whole time. The sea is a woman not because of her allowance, but because of her absolution, her resolve, her restlessness, her constant churning and choosing and being told what she chose was wrong. Peer into that chasm. This is the place where wrath begins until it cuts so much it spits and is forced up and out. We're all blowholes waiting to exhale, trying to withstand the force of a thousand winds while being instructed to continuously make them. How, then, is it any wonder when we end up like this? I think it is the most beautiful thing there is, the unspooling of her softness into crags, the overpowering force where awe is born and froths raw and real as all that she is. This is where we live, have lived for years in the pit of our own stomachs. Only now we have allowed you to glimpse it and we are not responsible for how you receive it. Only that it is pushed up, out, forth. Only that you see it. How it has eroded and erupted into a visible and visceral existence for what has been done the centuries churn that will no longer make excuses for its existence. And if you find yourself staring down and shaking your head, just wait. It will carve a woman from you yet. Okay. Also another one that I really, really like. So our first official stop on the trip found us in Yahats, a charming tiny town of a little over a thousand people. So saith Google anyway. Also a town that Danielle... <laughs> And I absolutely butchered the name, pronouncing it Yakats, until one of the retreat goers informed us of how to actually say it. And we laughed about it the entire time. Clearly, I'm still laughing about it. Lovingly referring to it in a silly southern accent. Honestly, like, I fell in love with this place. The whole town is basically walkable, as a few seaside blocks covered in brightly colored little buildings, intimate pubs and cafes, and a surprising amount of crystal and mystical shops. I was very surprised at how many of these Oregon, the Oregon coast had. From where we stayed, we could see the ocean right across the street, and we took a few walks down to the beach after the tide had gone all the way out. And with the backdrop of coastal mountains and a thick blanket of trees, something about this town felt strangely familiar to me. Have you ever felt that? 
been in a place for the first time ever, and yet some part of you feels as if you've been there before. Another lifetime, I'm sure. We spent time here wandering around and bouncing from cafe to cafe to sit and read poetry and bounce ideas off each other. Our next stop south was Coos Bay, another small town, this one with a history in shipbuilding and lumber, and the Airbnb here that we stayed at was by far my favorite. Honestly, I don't even want to divulge the name of it because you could go and look it up on Airbnb, but because I'm absolutely going to return. But if you really want to know, reach out to me on Instagram at Mav Malone or at Super Bloom Society and I will fill you in. It's a hidden gem. But picture a white and light blue tiny home decorated in a nautical theme nestled right on the water. Upon arriving, I went straight to the back deck, took off my hiking boots, and fell into the pages of the poetry book I was reading. And anytime I start reading poetry, especially while traveling, I often have to stop about every five minutes to pen down an idea that finds its way into my head. So after several of these wanted and welcomed interruptions, I always let the muse in when she wants to come and play, I gave up and walked down to the water and starfished myself right there on the grass and closed my eyes. A beautiful vision found me and I felt very grounded and connected to source, to that eternal otherworldly ether that brings us profound messages and beautiful thoughts and emotions I then translate into words. And of course, you know, your girl wrote a poem. <laughs> Which is, if you haven't figured that out by now, that's what this whole episode is. is just a journey through my writing, through my road trip recap, through my poetry. So this is a piece I wrote titled, How to Write September, a Love Poem. Sit on a porch. Front or back, doesn't matter. Don't have one? Fine grass. Any patch will do, but clover and buttercup are preferred. Even better is the most crackerjack place you can find. Stirring, jarring, grand, plant yourself there for hours with a book, with chapters, and a mug of hot. Doesn't matter what's in it, just needs to be the temperature of scald, because it lasts longer that way against cold wind. She's a fox that'll steal sips when you aren't paying attention. Hush, baby. When you finish, the forest will beckon, make you come, and join a summoned search for cedar or canary wood and break off bits of bark along your hike, and she gonna burn those thighs real good, seduce you with music of her latest mix called Gravel Crunch. Then follow your feet to shore, and when the lake strips you of your secrets and says take off your shoes, honey, you take off your damn shoes. Wait quietly for September to show up, and when she does, release. The poem will write you. And if you visit Coos Bay, be sure to check out Cafe 101. That's cafe spelled K-A-F-F-E. We stopped here twice, once on our way in and once on our way out, because not only were the sandwiches and coffee incredible, the warm inviting space was very conducive to writing. Like I said, we wrote a shit ton on this trip. And for dinner, you absolutely have to go to Restaurant O. That's just the name of it. I mean, now that I'm thinking of it, it feels aptly titled with how much pleasure this food gave us. <laughs> but that place felt very upscale without the price tag. I had some delicious ginger salmon, and they also give free focaccia and olive oil, which is a bonus. Places that give you bread before your meal always earn gold stars with me. The food was also just presented like artwork. They even gave us an amuse-bouche, amuse sorry if I'm butchering that word, which is just a fancy word for a single bite-sized hors d'oeuvre. I don't remember exactly what it was, 
but it looked like a tiny painting on a plate and it was tasty. This is a place we ordered dessert because as women who no longer deny ourselves things we want, we just couldn't stop eating. So onwards we went the next day to our final home base, McKinleyville, which was in California and a lengthy almost four hour drive from our former place in Coos Bay. On our way there, we stopped through Gold Beach and we asked the woman working the visitor's center for a lunch recommendation and without even missing a beat, she gave us only one answer, Barnacle Bistro. And after eating there, it was no wonder why she did. That place had some of the best fish tacos I have ever eaten and each taco was about the size of my face. We ordered a basket of garlic fries to split and then I blacked out. <laughs> I was in so much food heaven, I don't really remember what happened after those first few bites. I came to and suddenly it was one of, it was as if some feral animal had devoured my lunch. I was told I enjoyed it. I regret not writing a poem in the moment owed to a fish taco, but who knows? Maybe that will show up one day in the middle of the night fashionably late. When we finally made it to McKinleyville, it was late. The Airbnb there was a unique three-story building reminiscent of Howl's Moving Castle, and it had this sprawling rooftop, rooftop deck with a view of the ocean. And we were tired when we finally arrived, so we opted to just stay in and make sad girl dinners from the snacks we had on hand. So think Chex Mix, granola bars, and peanut butter toast. Definitely a lazy girl dinner. This was the first night of the whole trip that we wanted to just do absolutely nothing and watch a movie. But of course, as luck would have it, there was no TV in this Airbnb, which I both appreciate and was sad at the time that it wasn't there. So we just read poetry, took lengthy hot showers, and went to bed early to rest up for the next day, the culmination of our trip to see the Redwoods. Have you ever seen a Redwood? Because if not, make a mental note and underline it six times highlight a neon orange and put 20 post-its on it, whatever you have to do to remember this, because it's a bucket list item. Few things will put your humanity and scope into perspective faster than standing at the base of a towering redwood tree. You can see redwoods in several places, but if you're in southern Oregon or the tip of California, venture out to Founders Grove and Humboldt Redwood State Park. At Founders, you can visit Founders Tree, a redwood that is 364 feet in height and 15 feet in diameter at the base, often referred to as the world's tallest known standing tree or the Founders Tree. And it was dedicated to the founders of the Save the Redwoods League. At Humboldt's, there's a great visitor center where you can get maps and souvenirs, of course, and ask the rangers to mark up the best trails on your map. We hiked a nearby trail, but by that point, we were honestly so exhausted from the whole trip going on day nine or 10 at that point that we called it a day pretty early on. And I opted to finish out the evening with Thai food, another hot shower and a love poem. One of actually many love poems I wrote about the love I was missing back home. So this one is titled The Heights We Reach. Hiking Cape Perpetua where the violent thrash of water eats its way into the slope of ancient trees that have seen more secrets than a single lifetime could keep, I glimpse a giant, Sitka spruce growing into its neighbor, two majesties bark bent towards the other, branches holding branches, a rush of outstretched leaves praying to its lover. It reminds me of the canopy outside your window, the forest in your bed, when you roll over and reach for me, 
between slices of groggy moon and the pale cheek of early morning rousing too early for either of us to get up just yet, to relinquish our sleep just yet. Unbreakable bow I like to burrow here, deeper into green and wedge myself in the shelter of the soft space between your shoulder and your neck and become a coastline spruce. Your arms as the elements over my body, a wave that knows exactly what it's doing as it breaks and becomes branch, twisting itself around my middle. Just as those trees, I wonder, who will one day stumble across me and witness how I grew into another? Our final day was Portland and was basically just a place to rest our heads for the night before our flight. We were so tired, we didn't even leave the Airbnb. <laughs> we had Indian food delivered and made a mental note to come back and actually sightsee Portland next time because there absolutely will be a next time. Oregon is a special place, the Pacific Coast especially, and there's something magical about spending time away intentionally, especially when you get to do it with the people you love, both those you've known and those you've never met and grow to love. One of the final poems I wrote commemorated the sentiment written with the many special women who have come into my life over the years. And this is called, True Friendship is Pointing Out Each Other's Chin Hairs, which is inspired by something else that Danielle uh, at Musings on Being wrote. So, true friendship is pointing out each other's chin hairs, is mentioning that one elusive piece of spinach between her teeth when she smiles that no one else was brave enough to, is texting at midnight to make sure her flight safely landed, is gathering emergency contacts and addresses when she solo travels, is offering the coveted final bite of sticky toffee pudding, is singing wannabe down every back street, is saying that's what she said and erupting in fits of laughter because she actually did, in fact, say it, is paying her way with no expectation in exchange only for her joy, is encouraging the tears over everything, starfish, sunsets, men, is texting her from upstairs that you need a 10-minute hug, is hiking together far ahead of the rest, is giving constructive feedback and honest opinions, is name-dropping her in a podcast, is writing her a poem, is reaching out when mother becomes too nuanced and difficult, is sistering by supporting, by encouraging, by connecting over the humanness of it all. I recognize travel and retreats especially are a privilege, and I feel grateful to get to experience things like this. But even if you can't hop a flight to some far-off place, the sentiment still stands to carve out time for yourself away from your everyday ordinary and spend it wisely and intentionally to find your people. And if you can't travel or haven't found your people, I urge you to join our community. It's a group for people just looking to find their people, the place where we feel a sense of belonging and discover new things together. I saw an Instagram reel, God, how many times could I say Instagram and Google in this episode? <laughs> At least one more. But I saw an Instagram reel recently that said something to the effect of, the average life expectancy is 75. If you're lucky, you get 75 autumns, 75 winters, 75 springs, and 75 summers, and then went on to urge us to make the most of them. 
That's why I love connecting, traveling, and writing. For me, that's how I'm making the most of my time, of this one life I've been gifted. Even if that travel looks like something as simple as spending hours at the park with my own thoughts and a good book, or exploring new places in the very city in which I live, the point is to do it intentionally, to soak up as much meaning and perspective as possible and let that fuel us. Let that grow and change us. To get to the end of our lives and look back and say, yes, I did this thing right. I lived. Thanks for sticking around until the very end. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support my one-woman show, please subscribe and share it on social media or leave a rating and review. Reviews will help this pod to be found more easily, and that, in turn, helps this whole thing grow. To catch the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Mav Malone. Let's connect. My DMs are always open, and I'd love to hear from you. If you want to stay up to date on the latest events, books, and podcast episode releases, please head to my website, maverickmalone.com, and sign up for my email newsletter. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.